And good morning or good afternoon, everyone. This is Nelson Nelson Jason Brano here. Another episode of Investing in America, uh, season one, episode two. So here today, well, I'll just put it out there. Um, as you all know, what we do is we focus on investing in America. The majority of our episodes are focused on the life cycle of a real estate investment, not just a transaction, but the entire investment uh, excuse me, the entire life cycle of the investment. And then another portion is also on all the things that back it up. So for example, that would be, um, we interview high performance people, we interview relationship coaches, everything there in the background. Um, today, I happen to have the uh, privilege of having Sean Murray. Sean is a public adjuster here in the state of Florida. He's also a military veteran as well. Um, you know, having deployed to uh, Kosovo, uh, a lot of folks seem to forget that uh, that was a big deal um, because, heck, that might have been, even turned into World War III um, if we hadn't had that deployment. And uh, Sean Blira is also a yoga practitioner as well, which is something that you would not expect. And uh, he's very proud of his yoga skills, and he's got the physical fitness to uh, back it up. So without any further ado, um, Sean, it is a pleasure to have you here on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege for myself to be here as well. Okay. And uh, some folks may not be able to see this. We haven't uploaded up to YouTube, but uh, I can definitely say that uh, Sean also practices all the safety practices in his office. He's there by himself and he still has the mask on because it's a policy. So he's big on SOPs, standard operating procedure, um, which I love. So Sean, could, could you briefly introduce yourselves? Give us some of your background. Sure. Um, Sean Murray. I own Triumph Consulting. I'm a public insurance adjuster. I uh, started the company in May of 2007, so about 13 years ago. Uh, before that, I was working with a friend of mine uh, for a roofing company, which actually gives me a little bit of a niche market for roofing. Uh, before that, I was in New Jersey working for an auto financing company. Uh, it taught me a lot about auto, or rather financing you know, the importance of it, you know, learned a lot about credit back then and also the importance of having good credit, which something you really want to, <laughs> something good to know about, especially for investing. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, growing up, I was an Eagle Scout. I was a volunteer firefighter for oh. about a decade. Uh, I was an auxiliary police officer. Uh, I was also in the army where I was a military police officer and like I said, deployed to Kosovo in 2001. And everything in my past has definitely shaped me to become the man that I am today. Hmm. Well, Sean, I, um, I mean, that's an impressive background, Eagle Scout, uh, auxiliary police officer, uh, volunteer, firefighter as well. Um, and again, I, I can't overestimate the importance of that, uh, that deployment. Uh, I actually, believe it or not, I actually met people. Um, these were, uh, Muslims from that part of the world. I remember a couple of them, they actually enlisted in the U.S. Army and I asked them why. And uh, they actually said part of it was seeing the U.S. troops there to protect them. And uh, these were a group of guys that I happened to meet in Orlando. And they said, yeah, he said, they said it was amazing to see that U.S. soldiers were there deploying to protect them. So they decided that when they would get bigger, they would join the U.S. military. 
So they were like kids. They were like 10, 12 years yeah. old. But they said they, they saw the Americans with the Humvees running around protecting them. Mm-hmm. And years later, 15 years later, they said they wanted to be a part of that. So uh, awesome. that was it. Yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of the members I have there, all the kids there, you know, and the, anytime you stop, they run up, they'd be looking for soda or candy, but they're, they're all positive. They're all friendly. And to hear, you know, that they, that we had that much of a positive impact, you know, really does give me a good feeling inside. Yeah. Just hearing that. Story and, 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 and it should, um, I mean, I, I just can't overestimate, uh, you know, the, the importance of those sorts of things. And, uh, it was interesting. I remember I met them all in Orlando and they were so happy and proud uh, about it. Ah, we now we're a part of, a group that does that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, so that, that was really nice. Um, so Sean, you were mentioning your comment, you said you started in 2007. So a lot here we talk about the work of it, but also the mindset involved. So I'm gonna wrap, come back around to 2007 because 2007 is right, after, right before 2008. Yeah. So, um, but please describe what you do as a public adjuster, because I feel like there's a lot of folks that really don't understand and that maybe they're not getting all the benefits. Uh, yeah, all the benefits, that's the word, out of their insurance company, insurance coverage. So what exactly does your company do? What do you do as a public adjuster? Well, the short answer is we settle insurance claims or we settle property damage insurance claims. Uh, the longer answer to what we actually do is we hold hands throughout the insurance process uh, from beginning to end, uh, helping ensure that the policyholders are made whole for the damages that they may receive in their property. Uh, there may be a toilet overflow, a lightning strike, a hurricane, a number of different items that can cause a serious amount of damage to a home. Uh, and if you are insured for that home to be protected in case an event like that happens, you wanna make sure you get the correct amount of money to repair all the damages and keep your investment or your property in the best shape possible. You know, I've heard a number of times where people will, oh, you know, let's not file a claim or let's not treat this correctly or do this the right way. And then what happens is the damage actually is much worse or becomes much worse. Uh, and then further down the line, there's a much bigger issue that they could have taken care of early on for much less money. You know, another thing that we hear a lot of times is where an insured will not get the proper dollar amount from the insurance company. They get underpaid or denied. Mm-hmm. And there's all mm-hmm. sorts of different mm-hmm. situations where if you have a, a covered loss, if you have a peril that happens, you know, we hold the hands, we answer the questions, we negotiate the claim, we meet the insurance company, we provide experts, we try to get the, the painful process of having an insurance claim in your house for property damage or your business done as quickly as possible and get you as much money that we can justify asking for from the insurance company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, for me, uh, it was an eye opener on a personal level. Here's an eye opener of the amount of things that uh, a person just isn't aware of. Um, you know, I, I, I put it, it's like when you go to the doctor for a checkup, so many people, they go to the doctor for the checkup when they're feeling sick. Uh, and sometimes that might be too late. Yes. Right. Exactly. Uh, sometimes that Good might analogy. be too late. Um, but if the person goes on a regular basis, the doctor or the medical health professionals, they can catch it um, as soon as possible. And, uh, and sometimes we just don't know. I mean, hey, it looks good. And, you know, I move out and, and I leave it at that. 
Um, so to me, <clears throat> that that's a, a unique and great service that you have. Um, what what would you say are the advantages? Uh, because and again, it's residential property, which is a home, but then also for an investor. So an investor may have, um, and that that's a good question right here too. Do you also look at apartment buildings, apartment complexes, and that could be anywhere from a duplex, triplex, fourplex up to a 50, 100 plus unit uh, property. I mean, how, how does that work? And if that's in your scope or how, how would you handle that? Or, or mm -hmm. Yes, well, if it's a, uh, I've had, you know, uh, I think like a 40 story building where it was condos, you know, and mm -hmm. then you're dealing with the association, but then there's also the individual condo owners and these are owners of properties and you have to treat them accordingly and they'll have their own individual property damage as well as the building property damage. And you have to juggle both and handle both and get them both through the process. Then there's also like you're saying the four story or of a duplex or a triplex or so on, where it may be an investor living in one of the units or investor owning the building and having tenants there. You know, every time that I've ever done a property where there are tenants, the, the owner or the investor wants to keep those tenants because those tenants are what's making the money month after month. You know, there's mm -hmm, a cost mm -hmm. involved if they lose their tenant and then have to get a new tenant in there. Hopefully it happens right away, but there's a possibility that the, the apartment could be open for a month or two months or three months. That's them losing money month after month, which is not what mm -hmm. the investor got the property for and is not what they want. You know, so we, we keep it in mind that the tenant's a person as well and that they need to be, they need their questions answered. They need to understand the process as well. And then if they do, they're much more likely that they'll stay throughout the process. And that way the investor or the property owner doesn't lose on their investment. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. if they, you know, God forbid that they, the tenant does move out because sometimes the situation is too grim, then there is coverages to help pay for that uh, alternative living expense that the the property owner could actually get back the money lost for that if that happens uh, but a lot of times like i said if they can keep the tenant they generally want to keep the tenant so that's what we strive mm -hmm. for and we find that in all honesty communications one of the best ways to make that happen and you mentioned something alternative living expense yes it us uh, Sometimes, you know, you have to move out of your house. Uh, a lot of times you'll see it if sometimes uh, 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 in a residence will be a two-one, you know, two-bedroom, one-bath. And then something happens where the bathroom goes down and they can't use the bathroom. Uh, All mm -hmm. of a sudden, what are you going to do? You're going to have to leave the home and get into a hotel, you know, mm -hmm. or, or another property or something because you, <laughs> you can't live without a bathroom in a house. You know, right. Mm -hmm. If it's a kitchen claim and you have a loss of a kitchen, you might need to go into a hotel or an Airbnb or something where, you know, you can still live, especially with a family of kids. It's a little bit easier when it's just you by yourself. But if you're mother, father, two or three kids, and you don't have a kitchen. That's awful. I mean, growing up, I, I don't have kids yet myself, but growing up, if we didn't have a kitchen in the house, that would be a traumatic event for a family of, uh, there's four, about four kids, my parents, so family of six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could see how they could easily overwhelm <laughs> some parents. It'd be a zoo. Even with um, the kitchen, it's a zoo at times. So without it, it's, it's a scary <laughs> circus. 
<laughs> yeah, that that would that would be uh, that would be really scary. Um, all right, so let, let me let me ask you, kind of going back. So I I look at this, and again, investing in America, we're talking about part of it is also a big part of it is building up a team. So when yes. you're working when you're working with a property owner, um, and again, maybe duplex, triplex, fourplex, or someone that has a bigger property. Um, at what stage should a person um, look at bringing you on board? I mean, now mentally for me, I'm in Florida. So in Florida, we're always, we, we have one natural thing that's always 12 months away, looming on the horizon, literally. And, and that's hurricanes. But other parts of the country, you know, they have uh, storms, uh, tornadoes in the Midwest, snow up north. Uh, etc. At at what point should a person or group look at bringing you on board? In all honesty, it varies. Uh, my recommendation: the sooner the better. Uh, to have an expert and mm -hmm. an advocate on your side, helping you throughout the process. But a lot of times, it's comfortability. Some insureds want to try it on their own first. Uh, others just say, "Sean, please do what you do and get me paid." You know, and if the, if the insured wants to try it on their own first, sure, go ahead. You know, you can do it. It's possible to work out, you know, totally fine. But usually when those people that say they want to try it on their own first, they give me a call about two to three months later, say, Sean, I either got denied or I got a tiny bit of money from the insurance company. This has been super frustrating. Can you please help? So for me, though, it's zero pressure. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. I always request that at least let me come out there, inspect the property for free, uh, take my pictures, document it, and that way, if you are ready to move forward, we're ready to rock as soon as you say yes and give me the green light. Um, mm -hmm. But really, it's, it's zero pressure. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. But once again, it's, it's best to have me in there right from the beginning, answering the questions, talking to the insurance company, meeting the adjuster, coming up with the estimate, providing experts, providing a leak detection is necessary and being their advocate for the insurance claim. You know, the insurance adjusters work for the insurance company. I work for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's a key thing. And so, um, and, and just for the audience, uh, to me, I've, I've revamped some things up. Uh, to me, the public adjuster, I want that relationship before the incident happens, before the claim, b before, uh, why? Because there's a lot of subject matter expertise that I've learned uh, from Sean. Um, so yeah, I may call him afterwards, but I want to know him before. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I don't want to find myself after the fact, frantically looking for a Sean. Uh, I want to have that relationship ahead of time. I want to be ahead of the curve so that, uh, when it does happen, it's, it's not, um, there was that old movie. What, who, who was it? Was it, um, uh, what's the guy he played in, he's, uh, in living color, uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, was it Joe or Tom Hanks? Joe versus the volcano, right? Some guy against a volcano. Well, if it's an insurance company, uh, you're Joe. Um, <laughs> and, and the insurance company is a volcano. So um, I, I think it's great. Even though I'll be utilizing the services of a public adjuster after the fact, I want to know that person before the fact. So I'm not like, well, let me interview three guys and a natural disaster has hit or a fire. Um, I mean, because then I'm always behind the power curve. That's a great so point. I'm, it really is a great point. Yeah. I've never heard anyone think about it or say it like that, but it's true. 
you know, if you interview ahead of time, if you find somebody, you know, you like and trust ahead of time, then in, that accident comes up where there's a sewage backup and it's flooding out the entire house, you know, being able to call me right away for me to be able to get a plumber, a restoration company, get that team over there right away. That way we can attack this situation, and bring resolution to yourself and your tenants and your property and your investment. That's, that's a big help and an end yeah. advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's a huge amount there. Um, so Sean, now, uh, Folks, are, if they're just on the Spotify, they can't uh, actually see you, but you've got a mask on in the office, yes. which is fantastic. So in this time now of COVID-19, coronavirus, how has this changed your business? And yeah, so how has that, um, because I was, I was impressed that you and your entire team, when you came, everybody was wearing masks, the booties, the whole nine yards. How has this changed the dynamic of, of your business now? It's been drastic changes. You know, um, I do own my own building. It's a commercial building. We have 3,000 square feet for the company. Uh, we are fortunate that everybody can spread out uh, and have individual offices. Uh, but I remember one day I was walking into the building. I looked at the doorknob. And every other day in my life, it was always just a doorknob. And then all of a sudden, I realized this is now an obstacle. This is something I have to touch and everyone else has to touch as well. And this is an issue. And it's issue needs to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things I did was I put in a fob system. So now you can go up with your fob, scan in, and then we have a door, uh, not sure what the correct word is, but door openers on the, on the bottom where you grab it with your foot. So the oh, fob yeah. disconnects yeah. Mm-hmm. it, and then you open it with your foot, and then it, we have one on the inside, and you can close that with your foot as well. So now the doorknob's there, but it's no longer an obstacle. You know, it was a, it was a hefty upgrade to the building, but it's a lot more touch-free here. You know, in addition mm-hmm. to that, we have alcohol and uh, uh, hand, uh, touchless alcohol dispensers where you just put your hand underneath it, there's zero touching, and alcohol will come out. Um, we have uh, air conditioning. I had a new air conditioning installed in the building with UV lights installed inside of it, which kills all bacteria, viruses, and allergens in the air. Uh, we have masks. Uh, we have KN9, KN95 masks. Uh, we have gloves. You know, they're in, in the mentality throughout the building that if you're in the building, you have the mask on. And this comes from the mm-hmm. top down. You know, people, people see the president and owner of the company without the mask on. They don't think, well, he can get away with it. No, mm. I wear I wear it because I need mm. to set the example. You know, leadership is about, you know, doing what needs to be done. You know, this is what right. we need to wear. And I'm going to wear it. And I'm going to represent the company well and let everyone know that that works for me. This is what you need to do as well. And that's, that's the mentality in the building. And then when we're out in the front lines, you know, when we're out in the homes, you know, it's, it's more alcohol. It's washing your hands whenever you get the opportunity to. It's wearing the masks. You know, it's the mentality that we have to keep ourselves safe. But we also have to keep our clients safe. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's been drastic changes. Um, it's been a lot of keeping an open mind to everything too. And, and knowing that we don't have all the answers, but if we do mm-hmm. the best that we can, if we try to treat this as seriously as possible and like I said, just do the best we can be smart about things, then we'll, we'll get through this. We'll be okay. You know? And that's, that's a snippet of, I guess, of uh, <laughs> what we're doing on this side. 
Well, that's really good because, uh, first of all, I love the fact of the leadership by example, right? Leadership yes. by example. Um, so the leadership, and that's a standard. <clears throat> and then you, you look at things. So, for example, uh, like when you looked at the doorknob, before it was just a doorknob. Now it literally is an obstacle. Um, it's a military term. It's a danger area, right? And that's what it is. It's, uh, so well, how do we handle it? Make it touchless, make the investment, the key fobs, and then the little, um, they look like hooks. They look like uh, that you put at the yes. bottom and they have a serrated edge of the door and you can yes. put your foot on top of it and open the door that way. And um that's to be commended. I've seen some very high-end places. They still haven't done that, and I'm surprised. Um, and I'm taking notes because there's one place I, I need to uh, let them know about that. So, so, and then, and then the safety measures when you're going into a person's um, place of business, uh, because that's great. You're doing that for the employees, for the kind of like the home base, and that sets the dynamic. And then when you're going into people's, let's say, investment property or home, how, how, what are the steps, procedures, policies that you're putting in place? Because I've seen them, but I want you to describe them um, as kind of from start to finish as you're working with folks. Well, one of the things that we've changed um, for when we're going to a person's home, you know, is try not to use our hands as much. You know, we use mm -hmm. our hands to, for my phone or for our equipment and so on. Uh, but if we're opening up doors, uh, if we're asking, normally when we get to say a, a kitchen claim, there might be a garbage disposal leak or a leak underneath the sink. Normally, you know, we go down there and just move the items out from underneath. Now we ask the insurance to do that. You know, it's, it's only mm -hmm. them touching their stuff. I'll touch my stuff, mm -hmm. you touch your stuff, but we won't intermix. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, mm -hmm. and it's a different mentality now. We, but this is something that way we can ensure that, God forbid, we have something on us or God forbid they have something on us. There's not going to be a, a crossing over of it, you know. Right, right. cross-contamination. You know, cross-contamination, yes, sir. You know, and of course, mm -hmm. shaking hands is a thing of the past now and just a, a memory. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a big difference in mentality of just – what we do and how we conduct ourselves in there but it's something that you can do you know you can easily keep six feet away and still hear the other person you can do inspections mm -hmm. over a zoom call if you want to i don't mm -hmm. want to i prefer to be in the house and be prepared um the eagle cell coming out of me right there you know be prepared but it's uh you know it's exactly that you're if you're prepared for this you're going to be okay if you do the right thing and think about it avoid large groups avoid shaking hands, avoid touching things that are not yours, you know, asking the insurer to open the door for you. Hey, no offense, but could you open that door for me? You know, just because we don't want to touch anything because of the times we live in. If you're smart about it, mm. it's easy to, or easy enough to maneuver through everything and, and still do our job uh, and let the insureds be safe and us be safe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, right. No, no, and, that, and that's great. That's great to be able to adapt to the times uh, and to be, uh, again, ahead of the power curve. Um, talking about power curve, okay, you started your business in 2007. Yes. And 2008, we had the last great mm -hmm. recession. Uh, yes. And that lasted for uh, a while, actually, like mm -hmm. two and a half years. Um, how did that impact you? How did you make it through it? Uh you know, the toughest part for me back then was that I was just a, a new starting business. You know, I just, just had opened up 
Uh, fortunately, the insurance world was a little bit um, better cushioned from it, you know, where the insurance companies still had money. And fortunately, we were going after the insurance companies to pay out on insurance claims. So fortunately, it wasn't as bad as if I was directly in real estate. Um, so I was able to maneuver through that okay. You know, it just, mm-hmm. it was uh, tough because it was newer business, but I made it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I did okay with it. Really because I started working with high quality people, uh, high quality mm. professionals, and I surrounded mm-hmm. myself with those people. So we all had the same goal. We all had the, the same mindset of work super hard to provide a top quality product, uh, make people happy get them paid on the insurance claim and let them be able to move on and rebuild their, their property. So I was mm-hmm. able to maneuver it well. Okay. Okay. So it was basically you had to raise your standard to exceed the problem. Okay. Cause yes. you built a team again, the team around you, right? The quality yes. of the team, then you had to match it. Um, increase your own skill sets because you're highly skillful and your team and the folks in your team yes. so that, and, uh, and that helped overcome the fact that you were kind of the new guy. Very much so. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. much so. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that's a big thing. I mean, we're going into, and I say it over and over again, we're going into 24 months of a recession, right? Um, yes. I mean, looking at the big picture, um, the, the largest mall in the United States uh, that mall in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, they haven't paid their mortgage in four months. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, and people think it's a sawgrass mall. No, the biggest one is <laughs> that one in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, yes. they have not paid their mortgage in four months. You've got massive hotels, five-star boutique, not boutique, but five-star, uh, name brand hotels, flag, flag hotels, you know, um, you know, they, they can't be sold. Um, so uh, Brooks brothers is closing stores, you know, Brooks brothers. Um, so yeah, this is a a full blown recession and uh, it's always good to know the mindset of an entrepreneur going into this. Um, let, let me ask you, what could you please share an experience or a moment in your life where you experienced failure and how that contributed to your success? Yeah, actually, uh, it was it, it was years ago. I was actually in college, and it was uh, it was I, you know, after military, and I kind of had gotten a little bit relaxed with uh, my diet and my eating habits, and probably drinking too much beer. And basically, I I failed myself in the sense that I got I was completely out of shape. You know, I was over three hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and I'm a big guy. I'm Ooh. tall. I'm uh, over six nine, six nine, chained barefoot. Uh, but I remember playing cards with a friend of mine and he looked over at me and he was like, damn, Sean, you can't even hold your gut in, you know? And I, I look over at the mirror and look over and I suck it in and I stand up straight and everything. And I'm like, Oh God. And I had failed my body. You know, I had failed myself. I had failed my eating habit. I had failed my workout routine. And, you know, it was, it was that moment then that I started going, I need to get and stay back in shape. I need to hit this. You know, I need to eat right. I need to exercise. I need my body to be a success as well. You know, and it's something I take mm. pride in, something I still do every day. And I eat well, and I might have a beer or two here and there, and it's not a bad thing, but I treat my body like a temple and I, I, I eat well, I work out. You know, I have a great mindset because of that. 
And if it wasn't because of my friend back then that made that comment, you know, I, I might be over 300 pounds still today. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and thank you for sharing that. Um, and definitely uh, thank you to that friend because sometimes uh, people don't want to say certain things or afraid they hurt your feelings. And, uh, uh, and at the same time, we need to be open to take that a little bit of thick skin um, because I'm sure your friend doesn't want to go to your funeral or, no, or she no. on diabetes or something like that. That's right. It wasn't, right? and I don't think he said it to be mean or anything. It was just an honest observation, you know? And, and like I said, I'm happy that I said it because it, it made me reflect on it and go, Oh my God. Oh my God. I am, I am completely out of shape right now. You know, and I, I wasn't taking the pride of myself that I should have, you know, and even to mm -hmm. this day, me and my wife, we, we work out, we own a yoga studio together. Uh, we met at a yoga convention in Greece. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and, and working out and staying physically fit and eating right are, are important things that help propel me to do a better job in my professional career because I'm awake, I'm alive, I'm shape, I'm, I'm ready to, to work hard every day. You know, I, mm -hmm. it just, it gives me a better mindset so that I can hit it harder every single day. Hmm. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that's very important because that's the other component, right? Uh, we have to be able to last for the long, the long race, not just the sprint. So you mentioned yoga. Um, yes. So let's talk a, a bit about yoga. How has, how did you get into it and, and how has it helped you out? Because usually people with our background, people don't associate yoga, right? Uh, right. Real estate investor yoga, no. Military guy yoga. <laughs> No. Um, so how did you get into it? Um, and how has that helped you out? I uh, originally started with it with, uh, I think it was yoga for dummies to tell you the truth. And there was the book and the video huh. and, you know, it just kind of explained it in a real simple method and level for me. Uh, and then I started doing more and more classes. And the, and the thing that I found that I picked up on the most, uh, was it just added to my patience. You know, I just became, mm. became much more patient, uh, and, which is great for so many different things, you know, for, for learning, uh, for sitting there at a red light, you know, for preventing road rage, for just, doing, <laughs> you know, doing a, a, doing a better job without always being in super rush, you know? So it's not mm -hmm. that I'm not moving and grooving and hitting it hard and going fast and, you know, going zero to 60 real quick. But, you know, at the same time, I, I can take a second, I can breathe. I can really realize the situation that I'm in and how to react correctly for it without just making a, a quick call or, you know, a bad call, you know, giving me more, just that extra moment to think and to be okay with that to come up with the best plan for moving forward. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, I, I like how the, because it's not just the benefits inside the yoga studio, it's to take those benefits outside yes. the yoga studio. Um, and yeah, we burn up a lot of energy, uh, at that red light. Um, yes. <laughs> a lot of energy is up <laughs> at that red light that we don't always want to admit to. Um, so now could, could you share a moment like when you had a, an aha moment, like of something like, uh, Hey, like kind of like the little one well, that's not little, but the aha moment that you had looking at the doorknob where you said that's no longer a doorknob that's an obstacle. I need to deal with it. Could you share uh, another aha moment uh, like that? Well, as far as it goes for claims for an aha moment, you know, was 
I remember walking into a situation once for a claim and thinking to myself, like, you know, this one, this should be a straightforward, easy one. The insurance company should do the right thing on this. They should pay the claim. You know, and I told the insured, I'm like, yeah, should, they, they were one of the ones that were like, hey, should I try this moon or should I have you help me with it? I'm like, you can try it on your own. I, I honestly think the insurance company will do what they're supposed to do on this one. I think it's pretty straightforward. And they called me back two weeks later and said the claim was denied. And I was like, huh. I was like, I really am necessary throughout this process. You know, even when I think that the insurance company is on do the right thing and this is simple and straightforward, a lot of times they don't. You know, things mm. happen. People make say the wrong thing. It's interpreted the wrong way. You know, and instead mm -hmm. of going straightforward, mm -hmm. it veers off to the right or to the left and ends up into a spot, you know, that you don't want to be. Sometimes you shank the ball in golf and it's not a good thing. You know, and mm -hmm. me being there keeps the process going forward and straightforward, which, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the value that I bring to the claim and to the process really is immense. And I've learned that over the years doing what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's very true. I think sometimes we can, um, undervalue ourselves. Oh, this should happen. This should happen. And you, like you said, you are a necessary part of the claims process. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I, I have, I have a friend of mine and, um, I'm hoping to have her as a guest on the show and or she will be a guest on the show. And she said to me, Nelson, for most people, um, almost regardless of their net worth, their biggest investment is their home. Yes. Um, very much so. Their biggest investment is their home and the quality of people that have almost no expertise in helping them manage that investment is, is like amazing. It's a total opposite. Like if you go to a doctor, you want the best doctor and you Google check him and you do all this stuff. And if you have to anything else, if your car, you look at the ratings, and she said, well, when it comes to a person's, let's say, home, uh, maybe not a duplex, triplex, fourplex, or larger, um, people, it's the reverse. They just kind of throw it to the wind. They say, eh, I can do it on my own. So mm -hmm. if, it, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense. No one would say, eh, you know, I'll do my health on my own. Yeah. Nobody, nobody would ever say that, right? No, um, no. If you have to do an engine replacement, unless you're a mechanic, eh, I'll do it on my own. Um, but here, people... It's the largest investment. Hey, you know what? I, I, I'll do it on my own. It, it just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. Um, so can, can you share a personal habit or routine that has contributed to your success? Probably the, one of the biggest things is, you know, the, the benefit of being a morning person. You know, I, uh, mm. me mm. and everyone in my family are morning people. You know, I basically, I, I sleep and then I wake up. And then I just go, and, you know, this morning, I, last night I went to bed uh, right before 10 and I woke up this morning at 2.30 and I felt completely rested. I got up, you know, and then I started on the day. I started with the different things. I, you know, did dishes and made the juice for me and my wife, you know, I played with the dog, uh, did some emails, you know, and I feel like a lot of days I get done with more things before, you know, five, six or seven, before most people are waking up, I've already put in a four hour day or five hour day. You know, so it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's a, it's a great gift, you know, and I'm really happy with it and it's a good habit to be in. You know, I, I don't, I don't like the idea of sleeping in late and just doing nothing. I want to, I'm going to sleep, you know, restore my body, get, give it the rest it needs. But after that, I want to be able to be out there in this glorious world, you know, doing 
what I want to do and, and living and loving each day. Yeah, getting up and going. So, wow, that's a real morning person. So you're up, is that a every day today at 2.30 or what's your normal? No, no I, I, I'll set an alarm just in case, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But generally, I wake up well before my alarm um, and I just start, you know. I, 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 the rare ability where once I wake up, I can be, basically jump out of bed and just start. You know, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I like coffee, but I don't need it to wake up. And I mm-hmm. I'll have it later on in the day. You know, sometimes I do get a little bit tired in the afternoon. So I, I do like an afternoon cup of coffee. Um, mm-hmm. But just the, uh, the being a morning person is one of the, the best attributes I think that I have that has really helped me throughout my entire life. Hmm. And, and how many hours of sleep do you normally, I mean, what's your like sleep schedule? Now, now, now you got me, uh, <laughs> I, because uh, to maintain that over an extended period of time, you got to have a kind of a routine, a good routine, yes. a successful routine. Mm-hmm. I need four hours of sleep. Otherwise I'm, I'm dumb groggy and a little bit sleepy and so on. Uh, but anything over four, uh, when I was in the military, I did uh, about four hours of sleep, I think, for about three months in one clip. So mm-hmm. it was uh, where basically I was getting like four or five hours. Now, granted, I do like to work out. So if I have a, a strenuous workout, if I do legs or I do a heavy set of something, then I do see that my body does need more time to sleep to rebuild those muscles and so on. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I need a ton of sleep to to function, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. It amazes my wife because she's like, wait, how long have you been up for? What have you done already? You know, and she's like, sometimes she's like, I feel bad about this because I sleep. I'm like, no, that's totally fine. Your body, that's what your body's calling for. Do it. You know, if my body calls me to sleep for eight hours, I'll sleep for eight hours. You know, but for the most part, my body just doesn't need that. And I'd rather be working. I'd rather be doing something. I'd rather be reading, learning, growing, you know, working. Mm. <laughs> A lot of times working, mm. but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, usually, I mean, this is uh, when we do that, we're looking forward to something, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a little kid at Christmas or Hanukkah, yes. you know, kids looking forward to something. So you, 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 you get up with an expectation and you even beat the alarm clock. Um, it might have been uh, this podcast I was so excited for this morning because usually <laughs> I sleep a little past 2.30, but, you know, I was thinking about this and it's been on my mind and I've been excited about it and, and my body was like, so I didn't get to do this today. So and thank you again for being able to reschedule this Friday to today because it's important to me. And then really, like I said, looking forward to doing this today. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, looking forward to having you on as a guest and I'm sure everyone to, to hear because this, this is quite, again, quite a story, uh, quite something very special to have as part of a team, especially um, us that live in places where every 12 months we have something coming on the horizon, literally. <laughs> Um, to, to, to be able to get, uh, get ahead of the power curve. Um, Sean, I'm going to, you know, we're kind of coming to the end right here. How can people, and I definitely, you know, you know, want to ask you even another question like your, cause I'm thinking your yoga and exercise and eating habits must contribute to the fact that you can perform four hours of sleep and the fact that you have things that you're looking forward to doing. So that, that's gotta be a huge yes. part of your nutrition the yoga fitness and you are have things that you're looking forward to and your, your, your routine, your habits. So that that's got to contribute to that. Um, but 
uh, right now, how can people reach or, or do you want to add anything to that, by the way? I'm sorry. Do you want to no, add anything No, I think you did a great job summing it all up there. I don't know <laughs> if I could have done any better, so thank you. No, no, no. Um, uh, how can people uh, reach you? How can people touch bases with you? Uh, email, office, website. How, how can people touch bases with you? Uh, well, the I do love having people go to the website. You know, uh, it's wegetupaid.com, so it's pretty easy to remember. Uh, and it is trademarked, and I got that trademarked quite a bit ago. Uh, for my clients, I prefer my cell phone. You know, I, I tell all my clients that they can text me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, birthdays, holidays, New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, my birthday, their birthday, Christmas Day. If it's a day and they have a question, <laughs> I want them to feel free to contact me. Because I work in disaster relief, you know, and... For some claims, it's it's minor, and they're like, Sean, I'm never going to contact you that much. You know, don't worry about nine to five. But if it's something personal, like a theft or a fire, you know, where you've literally lost your house or your possessions or your belongings, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, need more mm -hmm. handholding, and that's why I tell them, call me, text me. You know, if you want to email me, that's fine too. But you know, I, I like the personal touch of of the voice or the text message, and that's what I really try to push. I'm like, just reach out if you have a question, let me know. Any asked question is a good question. Could you share with us your uh, website address and, yes. uh, and how people can reach out to you so the folks listening to this as they're building up their teams or if they have questions, um, they can reach out to you or your office. Okay. It's uh, wegetupaid.com. Okay. The website. Uh, the company name is Triumph Consulting. Uh, you can mm -hmm. find us on the web. Uh, we have close to 100 five-star reviews on Google, and that's always growing, and 200, I think, on all the different sites. Uh, we're in the top 3% for public adjusters in the state of Florida. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's the, uh, and we're located right here in Oakland Park, Florida, right on Commercial Boulevard. Uh, it's the only Art Deco building in Broward County that I've found. Wow. Um, then yeah, it's uh, and it's being painted to match too. So we're going to stick out even more so than we already do. Um, <laughs> uh, but if you want to give the office a call, it's 954-592-7162. That's 954-592-7162. Or also, like I said, the web, we get you paid.com and my cell phone, I'm more than happy to give out to any clients. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what I give out upon my inspection, which is always a free inspection. Okay. And then, and Sean, for the website, could you just spell it out? Uh, sure. Is it we get you or we get Y-O-U? Could you spell out the whole? Sure. Mm -hmm. Whiskey, Echo, uh, Golf, Oscar, Tango, Yankee, Oscar, Uniform, Papa, Alpha, India, Delta. So it is Y-O-U. I thought you'd appreciate that, the phonetic alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely appreciate it. So folks, for the non-military folks, that's the military phonetic alphabet. So every word has a, uh, excuse me, every letter has a specific word associated with it. So whiskey echo is W-E. Um, and that way there's no confusion whatsoever. So it's we get, spell out get, then Y-O-U, paid.com. Okay. Yes, well, uh, again, Sean, I want to say double and triple thank you. Um, uh, it, it has been a pleasure. Um, again, eye-opening for me using a public adjuster. 
um, the amount, the in-depth work that public adjusters do that you do. Um, and, and, and again, um, just a lot of things that I personally did not know. Yeah. I just want to thank you, you know, bottom of my heart for having me on the show and like I said, I look forward to it. It was fun. It was enjoyable and I wish you the best of luck with it. And I look forward to hearing and seeing other podcasts in the future on your show. So thank you for ah, doing most, No, no, no. You're very welcome. And, uh, for our listeners out there, um, uh, for investors, uh, again, highly recommend, and I'm going to include it as part of the course, uh, as part of the team, having a public adjuster as a way to get ahead of a problem, be ahead of the power curve. Um, for my investors in uh, South America, listeners in South America, uh, the public adjuster, especially uh, if a person's overseas, they want to have one on the team because something will happen, okay? Something will happen, and uh, you, you just can't. Um, put everything in the hands of um, uh, the insurance company or the uh, even the insurance agent, because again, this is a highly specialized area um, that, frankly, a lot of folks just don't know about. Okay, so Sean, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, and uh, look forward to having you again as a guest on the show. I look forward to that as well. Thank you, Nelson. Ah, uh, one sec. I almost forgot something. How can people reach out to the yoga studio? How could I forget that? How oh. can... <laughs> it's a day underscore space dot com, or you can find us on Schedulicity. Uh, and we have classes every single day, usually one in the morning, one at night, or one in the evening, uh, and then also over the weekend as well. But I appreciate okay. that. Okay. All right. Most definitely. All right. Sean, double and triple thank you. Very well.